I always wanted to know who the best player was on tour simply because I wanted to actually work as hard. And then I ran into a, a little guy by the name of George Knudsen out of Canada. And I watched him hit the golf ball. I watched him with the wide stance, taking the club back way inside, releasing the club. One of the greatest ball strikers I'd ever seen. Now Ballesteros. With a putt that could win him the 113th British Open. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the McKellar Golf Podcast, a special edition, midweek edition, Huggy. Uh, oh, Huggy, I've introduced you. Huggy, my special guest. No, not my special guest, my co-host and good pal, John Huggin. How are you doing, Huggy? I'm, ju- I'm just a very ordinary guest, Lawrence. Uh, yeah, the special exactly. ones to come. <laughs> the special ones to come. Anyway, midweek edition, uh, we haven't done one of these for a while because, uh, well, there's some, there's some news to talk about, uh, so... Especially on the, I guess, the Ryder Cup, Huggy. Uh, one journalist in the UK has been leading away on that by miles, uh, breaking all sorts of stories, causing all sorts of trouble. James Corrigan, the Daily Telegraph. Jamie, how you doing, pal? I'm very well. It's an honour to be on you. After the guests you've had, I've been listening to the podcast. They've been absolutely tremendous. There you go. Uh, so I thought we'd start with your theories on the swing. Uh, Jamie, <laughs> <laughs> how long you got? <laughs> oh, about five seconds should be enough, shouldn't it? I'd like to hear, yeah, yeah. like to hear Jamie's speeches on his father's swing. Uh, yeah, uh, I do five seconds. I'll have to pad a bit. <laughs> here, Jamie. Before you, I guess the question people would like to know is, uh, our question people would like answered is, what are you doing in terms of uh, your journalism? How you? I mean, you're you're churning out a lot of stuff, good stuff, good stories. I mean, is it is it trickier? You're not around players and agents and coaches, or oh, is it completely? Yeah, you've got to make calls, and you know. But the good thing is, what I'm finding, I'm sure John will find as well. People are you know people who are calling. I've got nothing to do, so they're happy <laughs> yeah. to talk to you. Uh, Usually they're busy, you know, and they just get you off the phone. But you know, they're they actually you know they've got a bit of time on their hands. Um. I guess the main thing is, uh, I saw it was an interview in the Times this morning with uh, Harrington. The main thing, I guess, is the Ryder Cup. You, you broke a story a couple of weeks ago. Can you just, for those who didn't see it, can you? Uh, what was the main thrust of it? Well, the main thrust was that they were coming to the conclusion that it was best to postpone it for a year. And then Podrick Harrington came out and said that I'd made it up, which was great of him. Um, but then, you know, since then... There's so much has changed, isn't it? And, yeah. Um, you know, the Mail did a story this week saying it's going to be postponed after being adamant that it was going to be held. And obviously, Harrington's changed his mind about 20 times, saying it's definitely not going to be in front of fans. And now saying, you know, we might have to take one for the team and play it in front of no fans. Um, so, you know, I don't think anybody knows what's going on. And I don't think they've... they've um, I think after the initial desire to want to postpone it for so many reasons, um, I think financially now they're looking at it and thinking, well, if we can play it, maybe we should. But I don't think we're, I don't think we're going to find out for a good couple of weeks yet. The um, a small point, but see when you write a story, we've all been in this position. You write a story and people just pile on. What does that feel like? Does it make you mad? Because obviously you didn't make the story up. Uh, I just yeah. Don't... Um, yeah, that's the only thing. That's the only thing that makes you mad when people infer that you did make it up. Because 
you know, it just wouldn't do that. And but you know, otherwise you just you know, it's part of the game, isn't it? It's part of the game that you're going to get a few things wrong, and people are going to tell you things. But there's also in this, I think in this um, in this current circumstances, the the atmosphere and on the desks is they 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 want stories broken, so that puts a bit of pressure on you. Um, maybe I reacted too quickly with it, you know, and you just, you just live and learn, you know, for my time, I probably would have put more caveats in it, but I didn't see it was definitely going to happen. But yeah, you get a bit of abuse on Twitter, but I'm used to that. And you just, you just go again. Huggy, you're, you're used to uh, abuse on Twitter. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what is it like? Yeah. Can you just, uh, uh, just, uh, uh, well, we're talking about your incident with bar, bar, bar the gold bar stool. Well, uh, I mean, yeah, that's that's an extreme example. I mean, I don't mind having a, a bit of a debate to and fro with people on you know subjects of golf, especially because um, I think it stimulates even more discussion. I think that's no bad thing, even when people disagree. But the the bar the bar stool thing was went way beyond that. I mean, that was I, I was actually scared by what was being sent to me by certain individuals that are followers of these people and they never actually you know despite me telling them what was going on they never actually came around to apologizing or doing anything about it they actually gleefully seem to enjoy it i mean that's the the sinister aspect of of twitter but which goes way beyond what jamie and i are talking about here i mean you can go back and forth on whether you think people should be playing golf right now or not and all that kind of stuff but um you know the the barstool stuff was was awful, just awful. The, so Jamie, the uh, so you're saying it is going back and forth. What's actually going on inside the European Tour then? Uh, do they generally not know what's motivating them? What what's their actually? That's three questions. Let me first start with this one. What's uh, what's their best case scenario in their minds? Well, the best case scenario will be be able to play in some form in August. You know, and try and get try and complete some sort of schedule, but um, I don't believe that they believe they can. I think you know they're they're probably looking at mid September, um, and they're just desperate because you know they know it's they know the party's up and it's going to be an absolute horrendous situation for them. And when they have to um, publish any sort of schedule, it'll just be interesting to see what the prize money needs to be because you know it'll just be one million euros and stuff and. It'll look, it'll look really pathetic compared to what the PGA Tour have got, and you know that that's not all of their fault. Of course, it didn't. The, uh, yeah, the, the, yeah, the PGA Tour were really lucky. I mean, they signed their new broadcasting deal one week before the the world sort of fell in on everybody else. I mean, if they'd been a week well, later, yeah. I can't imagine that the the channels in the states would have been signing away that much money. That you know, the, it would have been a whole different scenario. Well, they have got a vast war chest anyway, the PG Tour, and, you know, <clears throat> the European Tour are literally living hand-to-mouth, and, you know, that that has applied even more so since uh, Keith Pelly came in, and, you know, there, there was a bit of a war chest under the last regime, but Keith Pelly came in, and rightly or wrongly, he thought, you know, the way to do it was to promote the Tour and use some of that money, and use a lot of it with the rollout series, and now this has just been the perfect storm, and, you know, they're in dire, dire straits now. So you say dire straits. Uh, some of the staff have been furloughed at the European Tour. Is that right? I think I got that right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of the staff have been furloughed. Um, well, that's just that's just the start of it, really. That's um, that's, you know, the sponsors are 
well, there won't be any sponsors in Europe. There never were anyway, were they? And they're just praying that, you know, that they can keep people like Rolex on side and, you know, Dubai on side. And but it's going to be so tricky because, you know, they, they, they don't amount to many events. How are they going to fund the other events? There, there will be one million. There'll be a few, you know, a few larger events, you know, with a few quid involved. But the majority of events will now be one million euros. We're going to be going back, you know, 15 years or however long it was. Um, yeah, I mean... As we've all been saying, I mean, I think part of the the biggest one of the biggest problems European tours got is that it's so international. I mean, it's not like the PGA Tour have only got to deal with basically one government um, in running their events. I mean, the European Tour have got to they can't plan anything because they're dealing with countries that are going at different speeds when it comes to the virus, and uh, I mean that's an impossible task. I mean, the 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 one of the few you can put me right on this, Jamie, if I'm wrong, but one of the few possible you know, slim possibilities that towards the end of the year is that they might be able to have four events in the UK. The UK is the only country on the European tour, <coughs> excuse me, where you could actually have four in a row and in, in the one place. Um, you know, you yeah, have to start they, 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 they might... Hill, that kind of thing towards the end of the year. Go on, yeah, that, 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 they, they, they are looking at that and, you know, and Sky are very interested in that, obviously, and that'll be the thing. They don't want to pay a big rebate to Sky, who are their, who are their main broadcast partners or to NBC and the Golf Channel in, you know, um, America. So, you know, and the great thing is with the UK is that's where Sky is and that's where a lot of their partners are. And I think they're pinning quite a lot on that. You know, we couldn't even see them having three free events in a fortnight and stuff like that. You know, they're, they're mm-hmm. just going to, they're just going to, they're just going to race as far as they can to get as much complete as possible. And you could see the, the race to Dubai could finish in Dubai on December the 13th. You know, that's how far they're prepared to take it up to. The, uh, you said, yeah, and, and what, sorry, Lawrence, I was just going to say about the Ryder Cup, and, and you know, one, it seems logical to assume that the European Tour would want the Ryder Cup played this year because, albeit they don't gain much money from a, an away Ryder Cup, that brings the, the home Ryder Cup, the next one, to a year closer than it would be if it was postponed. The, this year was postponed by twelve months. Yeah. yeah, but how how I always think, you know, it's in Italy, and how feasible. Uh, Italy aren't going to be worrying about that at the moment. They've had their problems anyway with that whole Ryder Cup thing and yeah. in the Parliament and getting it through and getting finance. You know, they say, right, you've got the Ryder Cup in two years. That country's going to be rebuilding for a lot, lot longer than that. Mm. And, you know, how interested. I mean, I know JP McManus is, you know, could take it to a day manner as soon as they wanted. I think, you know, but I think we could, if, they, if the Ryder Cup is played this year, and I still don't think it will be, but if it is... I could see, you know, Ireland stepping in, Adair Manor stepping in for 22. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Jamie, can I just wind you back? You said the European Tour uh, in a dire situation. Are, you, are they broke? Yeah, well, they, you know, there isn't, I don't think there's much left in the coffers. They can't. And, you know, there's no money coming in. There's, there's nothing coming in. So how long can they survive on that? I don't, I don't think... And you, know, you hear whispers from them, and you hear, hear people speaking, you know, insiders, and they're saying, you know, this is as bad as it gets. And um, you know, uh, chatted to Paul McGinley about it, and he said, you know, well, the good he's on the you know, board of directors there and everything. He said the governance is strong, and you know, we're not so reliant on the Ryder Cup money as we were. Well, I'm sorry, but they are. They 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 have to be because there is no money coming in. So. You know, and they haven't got maybe maybe if they got a couple, say they got twenty million left in their coffers. How long is that going to last? You know, that's a big organisation with a lot of people employed. You know, this you know 
Kikapelli was right to strike a note of, you know, extreme, extreme concern in that email he sent out to the players. And if you speak to, you know, some of the players, they, they know that, you know, this is going to be radically different when they get back. Um, the, oh, this is a letter about uh, no courtesy cars, much smaller purses. Uh, yeah. mi- million euro yeah. purses. What does that take us back to? What year is that, Huggy? Million euro purses. Ooh, that's going back a good 20 years, probably, I would think. 20 in that years, area. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think we need to get Ian Finnis on the job. We need to get him doing some fundraising for the tour. He's the expert when it comes to that. He's done a hell of a job for, for the caddies. I think we should have him step up a level and, go and get some money in for the tour. Uh, Jamie, w- the procrastination on the Ryder Cup, is, is it all related to this desperation to, to get it played in in some way? Yeah, I think I think there's a lot of people... There's a lot of different factors involved and there's a lot of different stakeholders, as they horribly call them, involved, you know, like... TV sponsors, Wisconsin itself. I think TV would like it to be played. I think they're probably desperate to be played. They want something on their schedules, you know. They're not getting any subscription of Sky over here. Um, they're getting any subscription money. Um, you know, they they obviously want stuff to put out there. And then, you know, then you talk about the PG of America. They seem to want it on. I can't really understand why they're, because they can't be short of a few bob. And obviously they'll lose all the hospitality money. I don't know what's happening with insurance there. They'll lose all the ticket sales, all the merchandise. You know, I would think for them it would be much better to keep it on a year. But um, that's a bit I don't understand. I can understand everything, but the PG of America. Um, it'd be interesting. It'll be interesting. I still think they'll call it off. I do. I just can't see. I just cannot. In my mind... I cannot see a Ryder Cup with no fans. I just can't. I just, I think, and I think the absurdness of it, will, the certainty of it, will hit them when they when they actually come down to actually plan it. That that just can't happen. I think it just looks stupid, and it could actually threaten the threaten this cash cow, and they don't want to do that. Yeah, it certainly makes sense for the PG of America to 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 wait a year because of the, as you just said, the the spectator money and the merchandise money, which is huge. I mean, that's a lot to um, to give up. Just to, to get the thing played, uh, Jamie. Do you think the PGA of America and the European Tour are at uh, loggerheads? Is too strong a word, but do you think they, they they're wanting different things? Then, um, no, I, I don't. Funny enough, I don't. I think they are. Um, you know, I think they're probably on the same page as this because they've just agreed to they've agreed to kick the can you now down the road for a while. But what, there's going to be some important milestones now because. An event like that and it has a 16-week build-up um, window in, in, t- in terms of, like, you know, erecting the stands and everything, you know, and think, now, do they even bother trying to start that? Or do they accept, right, there's not going to be fans there, so that's just a wasted expense. That's going to be an important moment, and I think that will focus the minds, and then we'll get a decision. Uh, obviously, the, the, you know, PG of America um, oversees the... USPGA Championship, and you know whether that goes ahead, that might, might be another important factor. But um, I don't know; it's 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 a tricky one. I think you know when you've got the captain who clearly is getting no, you know, <coughs> advice one way or the other, when he does when he doesn't know, and it's up in the air. That just shows that you know there is there is nothing certain at the moment. There's uh, I don't, you know there's not even a plan. I don't think they're just they're just uh, it's just up in there, and they're just holding on to see what happens. How do you feel about this personally, Jamie? I mean, you've you know, how would you feel about flying to America 
in September. I mean, you've got a wife and a wee boy at home and all the rest of it. And uh, I, I mean, I speak for myself. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd, I'd be thinking twice about it. I don't know. How do you feel about it? Christ, I'd be running up to Heathrow if I had to. Can't <laughs> wait to get out of here. <laughs> uh, working back, Jamie, uh, so they would have to make a call in terms of infrastructure by the last week in May, I guess. Is that right? Yeah, that, that'd be about it. Yeah, yeah. So that's going to be really important. And because, you know, you're obviously going to have people on the ground there say, well, nothing's happening. Like, that's a lot of expense that they'd have to go to the put grandstands that they will never, you know, will never, <laughs> never home supporters. You know, and it's just, it just seems, seems a bit daft to me. And um, there's, there are all these different milestones. You're going to get it with the major courses as well. You know, you're going to get it with the, with the USPGA. You know, whether that takes place in San Francisco, you could probably got more idea on me than that. But, um, you know, what do they do with the infrastructure there? Do, do they, they're, they're probably obviously started it already, but what well, do they do? And then if they seem like we're going to go to another course, then, you know, that's obviously not going to have any fans because they won't have any time to put any infrastructure on there. Uh, the uh, Well, just quickly on the PGA Championship at uh, San Francisco, they would... If given your four-month lead-in time, they would have to start uh, right now in terms of constructing some kind of infrastructure. Mm. That is, San Francisco is locked down. Construction, I think, is in phase two of the California government uh, governor's uh, reopening plan, and we're we're barely into stage one. Uh, so there'll be no construction yeah. uh, at Harding Park. Uh, the mayor, San Francisco, has. Uh, I mean, not to bore people, but. The Bay Area of California, the seven counties, six counties around uh, San Francisco, they've been shut down. They were the first counties in America to basically shut down. Extremely hard line. The mayor of San Francisco, extremely hard line on the lockdown. Uh, the idea that she would uh, push that to one side to help out the PGA Tour, uh, uh, the PGA of America, seems frankly absurd. Uh, so, in terms of a PGA Championship with fans, it's it's not happening. It just isn't happening. No. Um, no. So you can you're going to have to stay at home <laughs> at least during that week. Mm. Uh, the uh, mm. so so are you saying Harrington is is he's basically out on his own? I, 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 there seems to be so many mixed messages. You know, Harrington saying, "Well, we could have it without fans." That's what he's, that's his latest line. But then you have Rory mm. and Fleetwood. There doesn't seem to be any kind of coordinated message. I'm assuming that's not happening then, is it? No, there isn't any coordinated message whatsoever. So certainly not going from the tour to the, uh, to the players. Um, uh, there's, no, there's nothing at all. They've. I, I spoke to a caddy of a famous player yesterday, and, and he said, oh, I've heard it is going to go ahead, the Ryder Club. And then I spoke to the player after, and he said, it's not going. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's just a mess, really. So. Yeah. Uh, Nobody knows, and it seems to change by the hour. And the great thing is, Harrington gives about an interview every ten minutes, doesn't he? <laughs> yes. if, he if he drives past a bus stop and sees people talking there, he stops and tells them twenty minutes about what's going to happen in the riding cut. But the picture, the picture has never been more confused ever in any in golf ever. And that's that's, that's just definite. And uh, nobody knows what's going on. And it'll just come down to money, won't it? It'll always do. That's that's always the thing. Follow the money. That's what it'll come down to. The, uh... Yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, I, I did a piece what a week, ten days ago for Golf World in America on, on the questions that are, the European Tour are facing at the moment. And I, I tried to speak to both Pelly and Jason Wesley. I think his name is uh, the head guy at Sky Sports Golf. And neither one of them would talk to me about the ongoing 
talks that they're obviously having about what they're going to do, which leads me, which led me to believe that they they don't really know what they're going to do yet. So I mean, that's you know, if if that's the case, that's why I think we're getting so many mixed messages. Is that there's no definitive message coming from the people that actually know what's going on or or should know. The uh, the actual concept as a sport and spectacle, Jamie, ride a cup without fans, ridiculous, great. Nah. Doesn't work, does it? On any level, just you know. When you heard, if you heard Rory yesterday, he was talking on um, a podcast he does, and he says, you know, I find it difficult to play when there's no fans. I feel flat and lethargic. You know, that's the best player in the world saying that he struggles to get up for it. And they'll say, oh, he'll get up for it when he's got the, you know, European outfit on. There's no fans there. They just, they'll just feel like plonkers. I think just walking out there and. They can't, they can't have fist bumps on. Yeah. It, it would be a there's nobody there. They just look stupid. So it's going to be like well, Ryder Cup before 1983. I mean, that's what they were like. There was nobody yeah. there. The ones in America, anyway. No. The um, yeah, is uh, I didn't see. You didn't see the Rory watch along at the uh, Players Championship, did you, Jamie? Like yesterday, did you see? Yeah, I, I watched. I watched quite a bit of it. Yeah. Any, it, any, it was good. He's, he's, no. He's a he's a pretty what? good he's a pretty good talker. Uh, Huggy can get him on the podcast. Yeah, he's great. Huggy can get him on our podcast, no, Jimmy. We haven't tried yet. No, I... <laughs> yeah. Um, good just, luck with that. So yeah, uh, just looking ahead to the, I I, did, I missed that piece, Huggy. Uh, so there's there's a plan for the European Tour to play four events in Britain in a row. Well, no, I'm I'm surmising that that is one that's one possibility that they would have towards the end of the year, given the, the the problems that they have with all the different governments they've got to deal with. The UK is the only one that you, where you could have, you know, the BMW PGA at Wentworth, the Dunhill Links, the British Masters, and the Scottish Open, all in the UK, and that doesn't even count the, the Irish Open, which is in the Republic. That might be a possibility as well. The, the total, you know, absolute max of five, but this can certainly, if if it can play in the UK. You could, you'd only, you'd be able to do that towards the end of the year, and only have to deal with one, you know, one government and one law and all the rest of it. If you, if you're trying to do more than that, I mean, it becomes logistically almost impossible, I would think. But that, that to me is their only, their only hope towards the end of the year. And maybe, as Jamie pointed out, maybe Dubai is still involved. You know, if you can go right toward, you know, almost to Christmas, you may be able to manage that. But that's the. You know, we're clutching at straws, but that that might be the only thing that they've got going at the moment. And and he did and he did mention and in, in his um, in his missive to the to the players, he did mention that that's one of the you know that is a scenario they'll look at. They're playing mm. playing a lot of events in the UK. Yeah, uh, and um, you know that that I think I think that makes sense because of the reasons John just said. You know that um, that. You know, you can get a lot of tournaments done over a very quick, uh, you know, short period of time, and that's what they're looking to do. It's just about volume, not not really about um, much else, but just trying to f- fulfil as much of their sky contract and their other contracts as they can. Yeah, and you wouldn't have to go to airports and things. I mean, you could drive, you know, between those yeah. four events if you really had to. So, you know. Here, J- Jamie, what does yeah. this all mean for players? I mean, you know a lot of players. I- I mean, a lot of guys. This this is not career ending, but they're going to have to really adjust their their expectations, their mindset. Uh, I mean, it's I mean, it's kind of yeah. You, yeah but it's it depends where they are in their career. You know, obviously the big money guys. It, 
they'll they'll be a big stories now when this does get sorted. You know, when when the European tour is basically trying to start again, there'll be a load of stories. You know, of uh, pleading with Rory to come and help out his home circuit. That'll be all stuff like that, and you know, they'll they'll play emotional cards, and let's hope and let's hope the big names you know do answer them because. Now that's what that's what they'll need. There won't be much appearance money around, that's for sure. And you know the prizes won't be that tantalising. So you know you'd hope they'd come back. But then if you look, I was talking to Paul Waring the other day, who's ranked 80th in the world. You know the yep. boy from the Wirral, and he, you know, he had a great, great uh, year, his best year ever in his career last year, and he was really set up for for, for that last year, and he's really set up for this year. He was going to go and play America. You know, he got up to 60 in the world at one stage. He was chasing down a master spot, but he's in all the other ones. And he was, you know, it's really... And now it's just stopped. And, you know, he's actually... He's actually... Instead, he turned to building and actually built himself a uh, studio where he can practice his golf, you know, on simulators and stuff. But I was chatting to him, and he was just saying, you know, you, you're frustrated because you, you know, you, you put so much, um, so much thought into this year and, and so many plans... And then, you know, you realise it's come to naught and you don't know where your game will be when, when you emerge from this. But then you really you feel guilty for feeling like that because, you know, people are in such worse situations. And, you know, just, you know, some of the young pros, you know, um, some of the young pros just starting out, you know, they, they, have, they haven't got that much money and they're, they're the sponsors are they're basically keeping them on tour and they don't get much money from them. The sponsors, you know, the first thing that they'll do, sponsors will do, yeah. you know, with small businesses, that, that's a luxury. They'll take that money off them. So mm. how do they survive? And, you know, they're going to go into the thing and there won't be that much money to play for. Now, I, I think we could really see, you know, I think we could see a lot more young players going to America to try their luck there. I think that's just definitely going to happen. But I think, you know, you're going to see, a, you know, a lot. I think you could see a generation of young players sort of go missing in a way, which would be, you know, a great shame, you know, not, not, you know, especially for British golf, which has been churning them out at such a rate. And, um, you know, it, it could, you know, that could impact Ryder Cups down the road. It could impact a lot of things. It's, it's definitely not going to be easy, easy to make. It's going to be a lot, a lot harder for these boys to come through. Yeah, I mean, if there's dire implications for the European Tour, can you imagine what it's like for the, the Challenge Tour and the Senior Tour as well? I mean, they might yeah. not be around at all. Well, they should scrap the Senior Tour straight away, shouldn't they? Really. Well, it exists on because basically pro-am money, so um, you know, there's, yeah. admittedly, there's no real commercial reason for that tour to exist. But it, it's, it's. A wee bit, I'm, I'm not sure how that would work if the the, the pro-am money dried up. That would be the end of it, certainly. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, sure, I'm sorry. You know, I I can't see there's any future for the for the uh, European senior tour. I just can't. And uh, the uh, talking about guys coming over here, Jamie. Uh, already, there's a couple of tours. Still going on. I think there's one in Florida and there's one in Arizona. The Outlaw Tour. Some of the fields and the yeah. out, the Outlaw Tour event in Arizona. Uh, who's winning? Yeah. Is it Alex Check? Alex Check has been winning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Alex Check has gone through it like a dose of salts. Uh, there's also the Carolinas. <laughs> uh, if anybody's looking for info, the Carolinas Mountain Tour apparently is uh, that's running. So <laughs> uh, here, J- Jamie, just talking about the. Uh, We've kind of established that the European Tour is in a real, real bother uh, financially. Uh, what about the PGA Tour? They're due to start on the uh, 11th of June. What kind of madness is that? Yeah, you just wonder whether they're just doing it just to keep sponsors happy. And, you know, you look at Charles Schwab, but they, they've had a load of publicity, haven't they, already about them, you know, 
they're probably they're probably happy. They probably got as much publicity. They probably got more publicity by being the first event back. By the, by if it was just a normal season, they'd gone ahead. Now their name's been everywhere, so you know there'll be a bit of that involved. But you know that that's got to be such so wishful thinking of to go from where is it from Dallas to Hilton Head, and then you know they're jumping all over the country, and you know you could I could see one tournament going ahead, but then what happens after that? When the circus is supposed to roll on and on for like how many weeks? Is it thirty-five or so twenty-five successive weeks? And you know, with, unless there's a vaccine, unless there's treatment, and all the tests they're going to be using, the optics on that will be awful. Yeah, it's you know, not a good look. Really has to be careful. It's got oh, it's already got a terrible reputation, and you know, really bad perception of it. So, you know, if that goes, they've they got to be so so careful. But you know, obviously, Trump's such a such a friend to the tour, isn't he? That you know, they think they can get it done. The uh, yeah, I think it's a mil- was that a million tests I saw there, Huggy. That the yeah. the pers- the optics of that are just horrendous, oh, awful, just awful. I mean, as Jamie just said, I mean, he put it perfectly. I mean, they they've got to be so careful. I mean, that just you know, the, and again, Jamie said the the golf's sort of image, wider image amongst people that don't really know anything about it is that it's a bunch of rich guys in strange clothes playing behind gates the you know with um, people of a different color caddying for them i mean it's got such a bad look in so many ways and this is not going to help if they get it wrong can you imagine J- jamie that so it rolls up the kick off at the colonial uh the swab i think it's at colonial yep uh and then a couple yeah. of players test positive <laughs> i mean what happens there? Oh. yeah <laughs> oh well we all go home again don't we and what was the point of that but, you know, if, if you think that they're, they're talking about, what was it, 700 people being on course or something? Or, that's yeah. Or was it, was it more? Yeah. Was it 700 or something minimum? And you think, you know, that's, that's over, over so many weeks, somebody's bound to get infected, aren't they? I don't know, but mm. I don't know the size behind it, but it's just, it's a hell of a risk, isn't it? And then, could you imagine if somebody actually died from it and just in the name of sport and behind mm. closed door sport or that? It would just, it would, it could, you know, it could be a death knell for golf. That that could actually really damage it for, for you know for decades. But uh, you know, it's like it'll come down to money, won't it? And they're, they're, you know, golf is so linked to money, and it's of all the sports, it's so so in, you know enthralled by money and so besotted with it and led by it that you know they could they could conceivably do something stupid like that. The, the uh, I'm guessing that part of the motivation is to be the first back, the first sport back. I mean, of all the professional, yes. uh, well, I, I see the UFC are having a couple of events in Florida in the next couple of weeks, I think, but they're all behind closed doors. What's that, Lawrence? Uh, UFC, listen to this, Jamie. What's, this is what I've got to deal with week in, week out, Jamie. The ultimate fights, whatever it is. Uh, okay. Ultimate <laughs> fighting <laughs> championship. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not an avid watcher. Uh, so that's uh, again. Dana White is very closely aligned personally with uh, with Trump and politically. The guy who yeah. is the, the figurehead of the UFC. So he he's obviously doing a favor for his mate. You have to suspect Jamie that Jim Monaghan is is trying to curry favor with with Trump as well, uh, rushing back. But there is. Yeah. That uh, again, I'm guessing the PGA Tour sees a, a marketing opportunity. We were the first back. We were the we were the first to bring you know comfort to the nation. I guess there's a bit of that, surely. That'll be huge, wouldn't it? And uh, and if you think well, golf 
by the very nature of the game, it does lend itself to the belief that it you have social distance and it'll be possible, doesn't it? It does because it's obviously not a contact sport and all of that. But you know, people when they just sit down and just think of it in simple terms, yeah, there's no reason why they can't have a golf tournament. But it's not simple, is it? I mean, we know it's not simple because there's so much goes on in the background of it. But um, you know, they'd love that. They'd love the status of being, you know, the ones who got on the horse and the first first cowboys back in town, you know, defended America's honour. <laughs> oh, you can imagine how treacly and horrible it'll be. But um, there'll be a minute silence every other hole, you know. And yeah, there's yeah, well, um, yeah, there, 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 undoubtedly some of that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would just look forward to the rich learner uh, uh, monologue. I remember his monologue in the players. Yeah. Oh my God, give me peace. The um, <laughs> so I, I, I wonder if they have a threshold, Jamie. Uh, you know how many positive uh, cases could we take to keep the the roadshow on? If we get a couple, well, we'll just keep it rolling. I mean, if we get ten, do we could just keep it rolling? I guess these kind of judge they'll make these kind of judgments as well. It wouldn't surprise me if they got a couple of well. I'm absolutely certain they'll get a couple of positive cases. Uh, I, what what will then be uh, interesting to see? Will they just keep it rolling? It depends who it is, isn't it? Obviously, if it's Tiger, then it'll be sirens and everybody off the property as soon as possible. If it's a caddy, they'll probably about fifty of them will be expendable. And they, <laughs> there's, a, there's a Mexican pro; they'll probably you know they won't worry about him if he gets it. But, you know, they, they, all of these things will come into play. The uh, well, remember the European Tour. The cat. I mean, a sad story. A caddy dropped dead yeah. at the Austrian Open, oh, and, the, and the European Tour wanted to keep playing. I think it was. Yeah. Uh, was they it, did play. Yeah, it was. It was it not Medina? Uh, I, I think it was. Yeah, and and he was in the the poor the poor caddy was in the body bag in the yeah. rough on the side of the fairway, and the That's players right. were playing past him. Yeah. Uh, so never un- never incredible. Uh, never underestimate golf's. Um, Cynicism. No, never, never. Uh, yeah. I think it was uh, to his credit. I think it was Peter Laurie uh, led the players' mutiny to get the thing stopped. Mm. Uh, for a member. Yeah. Um, here, Jamie, just yeah. a couple of um, a couple of other things um, before you go. So the the upshot of all this is uh, Huggy spoke. Uh, I never trust anything Huggy says, so I, I well, want to well, come quite to right. Too. Uh, the, the prospects of a merger between the European Tour. D- desperately t- trying to find uh, safety in the storm, uh, throwing itself into the arms of the PGA Tour prospects for a merger. Yeah, really. Oh, I think, I think, I think, I think it was inevitable anyway. But I think, you know, they'll, they'll be merged within two years, I'd say. And I think the fact that Jay Monahan and Keith Pelly get on quite well and they're pretty similar in in personalities and in their outlook and then their belief that golf needs to modernise and all of that. I think, you know, there's all there's already a um, there's already a pathway and there's already a you know, they're already talking to each other and there's a channel of communication. But it could you know, I think it could happen quite quite simply and I'm sure the board has voted in, you know, because then there'll be more money for the players. And, you know, that's why the, the rank and file will, you know, quite rightly think, well, if we've got a better future with the PG Tour, which they will have, and, you know, they're owning us and there'll be more money in our tournaments, they'll go for it. And I think it can make complete sense. It'll probably be a big good thing to emerge from in this mess and, you know, all the horrors that, you know, there will be one tour and, you know, we'll get to see the top players playing against each other more often. Um, you know, it'll obviously put to bed that uh, Premier Golf League, which isn't going away. 
you know, they, you know, they're still there and, you know, the Saudi money's still there. And, you know, it makes sense to me on every level. Yeah, um, I think, sorry, Lance, I think Jamie's dead right that the, 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 the issue with the, what was holding back any possible merger in the past has, has always been the the rank and file on the European tour um, voting against it en masse because, you know, the, the Turkeys don't vote for Christmas theory because they would be at least on a much lower level. But this is a tipping point. I mean, they, they, there is really no alternative. If it gets, if it's as bad as we're surmising it is for the European tour, there is no alternative other than a merger. Even the rank and file must see that. So that might be this might be the as I say the tipping point for that whole thing. What does that look like, Jamie? What does a merged tour look like? How does it operate? Will they have different tiers of events? Will they have? Yeah, re- I, I would I would think you you you'd have to have different tiers of events. You know, you know, still have a PG tour and a European tour, but you know, I think the what is the World Golf Championships and the Rolex Series? You could see a thing where they. It, obviously, that it would be predominantly in America, but they could have host some, you know, big money events around the world. Um, and you know, the PG Tour would own it all, so they'd, they'd be fine with that. Um, I, they'd, they'd definitely be tier events. You know, basically, the European Tour would be like a version, like the Challenge Tour of the yeah. uh, PG Tour. There'll be access via it to the PG Tour. Um, you know, it'll just be it'll just be another subdivision of it. Yeah, you've got to have promotion and relegation. I mean, there's got to be somewhere for the sure. emerging talent to to come from. You know, to you can't just have the same sixty or hundred guys on the world tour in perpetuity. I mean, there's got to be some change. So, so I'm guessing you know, fifteen events, global events around the world, uh, and then below that you'll have you know twenty European tour events, twenty PGA tour events, and below that you'll have Challenge Tour uh, and Corn Ferry Tour. Is it? So it'd be like a pyramid. Yeah, uh, I would imagine so. Yeah, but uh, I, but I would the, the one sticking point in that to me would be they wouldn't want they'd still want the focus to be very much on America, even though you know mm. it makes so much sense to have a big event in London, a big event in Paris, a big event you know in South America, a big event in Africa, you know, or you know, obviously Asia. Just you know, it, 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 like, almost like an F one that people keep talking about, you know, yeah. the F one circuit. But I don't think they'll want they'll want it to be focused in America. That's where the uh, that's where the that's where the the brunt of the money is, you know, for sure enough. And even though Asia's got a lot, you know, they do go to Asia a few times now, and you know they'll do a number of events like that. But I'm sure that the focus will still be on America. So, so what would uh, what would golf fans in Britain get to see? Well, you, that's a very, you that's a very, I'm sure there would be a PGA Tour event in Britain. I'm pretty sure of that. And yeah. what do they get to see now, really? Well, that, that's a fair fair point. Sorry, go on. Well, I, I, sorry, I was sorry to interrupt, but they, um, I could see it being kind of similar to what the European Tour has now, in that there's three times a year where the you know the European Tour is the, is kind of the focus of world attention. I mean, the the one, the best one, the best example is between the U.S. Open and the Open. I mean that would that would seem to yeah. me that if the PGA Tour took over, that would be something that they would want to to maintain and have a kind of maybe a four week run culminating in the Open, and then back to America again or wherever. But that 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 would certainly yeah. work. So we, I would imagine that that you know Europe would get half a dozen events a year. And I can imagine if the Dubai money's still around, I mean they would, they would definitely they wouldn't walk away from that. There'd be something in Dubai towards either at the beginning of the year where the Middle East swing is now or at the end where the DP World thing is. So the European tour, I mean, I think that still the, the PGA Tour would look at that and still think that that's, that, that pretty much works. 
Here, Jamie. Yeah, and uh, don't forget why the PGA Tour would be probably most interested in this merger. It's because they had at last, at last, and they begged for this for years and years to have their hands on the Ryder Cup. Yes. Yeah. That's what they want. That's the end game in all of this. That's where it's like follow the money. That's you know that's the biggest earner of a lot of them. And the PGA Tour would love love to own that. And you know they could they they basically would, wouldn't they? Would if you know they owned the European Tour because they were already got their fingers so far into the PGA of America. That would be theirs. Yeah. I mean, that, very quietly, the PGA Tour have have not been that helpful to the Ryder Cup over the years. I mean, you look at the date, for example. I mean. Yeah. We've been lucky enough. I mean, the weather hasn't been, apart from Wales, Jamie, sorry to say that, the, the weather hasn't been absolutely <laughs> horrendous. But, I mean, towards the end of September, it's not the ideal date for a Ryder Cup, given the lack of daylight and possibilities with the weather. And that's all because of the PGA Tour. Yeah. I, here, Jamie, I, if this happens, you're finally going to have to write the piece admitting that the Players' Championship is indeed a major championship. <laughs> <laughs> the first major, never mind the fifth major, isn't it? Yeah, but, uh, Here, I, yeah just, I can't wait for that one. Just one last question, Jamie. See if you seem pretty convinced the Ryder Cup's not going to happen this year. Uh, so what happens to the European Tour if it does? If they don't have that... Well, if they don't have the immediate income from this year's Ryder Cup and their their income from the, Ital- the Ryder Cup in Italy gets pushed back another year, what happens to the European Tour? Well... Exactly. That is, but that's why I think a merger will happen quite quickly. I know, and the PJ Tour will realise. PJ Tour will realise how weak they are, and think you know if they can convince the PJ of America, you know, we should postpone the Ryder Cup. It makes so much sense. You know, they're not stupid. They're, they're, there's all this going on in the background. There's all these horrible Machiavellian machinations going in the background, and we just got to see what comes out of it. Um, you know, just trying to understand it on a on a superficial level it's just it's just beyond comprehension about you know how many how many different parts of this are moving and um you know the the european tour i think i don't think the Ryder cup will go um ahead this year um and i think the european tour will merge be be subsumed into the um pga tour by probably the end of 21 but they're just opinions, but you know, a lot of people I spoke to, a lot of people who think the same. By twenty one, as well, given the scenario, would it take that long? Would there not be some kind of movement? This year? Yeah, but I think it'd be a long time in the planning, won't it? And I think the game has to get back on its feet before you. Yeah, you know, I think you know it has to be back to some sort of normal before that, that anything like that happens. It's, um, I think they'll all be busy just trying to, you know trying to make the best of it at the moment. But, um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they know. They're already, they're already thinking of it, definitely. Uh, there you go. At Players' Championship. Jamie Corrigan declares it the fifth major, so it's real. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, uh, it, it's a bit of a mess. I mean, and it does, it does change. What's striking to me is just the lack of leadership and guidance. I, I know it's tricky for yeah, them. But, yeah, yeah. I think it's almost impossible for them. I yeah. think that's what came through in Pelly's email to the players. It was desperation in there, wasn't it? I've never seen anything like that in my life. Mm. An email to, you know, that he knew was going to get out. And it was literally desperation saying, boys, get ready. This is, this is, this is going, this is, this up in flames, everything. Run, 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 get out the building because, and, you know, when you come back, 
building's going to be burnt down. You know, I think it's, you know, I thought it was quite funny of him saying, you know, oh, you know, might not get, you know, any nice courtesy cars. That's going to be the least of their concern, isn't it, when they're playing for pennies, but, um, you know, comparatively. And, you know, I, I did feel sorry for him because, you know, like I said, it's the perfect storm. He took a bit of a risk by spending the funds. I think he was doing quite well, and uh, now it's blown up in his face. And, you know, how long will he survive, you know, and all of that? You know, he got he got brilliant... Um, you know, a brilliant deputy there in Guy Kinnins, and you know, you could see him when, when the merger happens with the PG Tour. Maybe Guy, you know, emerging as the man to take Europe forward and all of that. Um, you know, there's all these di- different factors, but it's going to be fascinating. The next, it's probably going to be the next year or so in golf. It's probably going to be its most fascinating, fascinating era ever in terms of you know the tours and what goes on behind closed doors and what what's, what goes on upstairs and, and who who holds the power. Yeah, that's uh, probably a very good place to end, Jamie, but the mention of Guy Kennings, Monty's old manager, the European Tour logo will change, and you'll guess who it'll be. It won't be Seve. <laughs> Monty shaking his fist at the crowd. Well, when is Monty coming on, actually? I'm looking forward to, uh, to uh, him and Huggy. Uh, well... <laughs> I, I, would, around, I, would, I would be happy to have Monty on, but I'm, I'm not so sure that uh, that feeling would be reciprocated, sadly. Well, well Jamie, I've actually, I just got a text here. Monty's agreed to do it, but only if we go to a cupboard at the K-Club to record it. <laughs> <laughs> that was the greatest moment ever. In fact, you actually went into a cupboard with Colin Montgomery. Fantastic. Anyway, Jamie, good to talk to you, pal. Talk to you again soon. Good to talk Thanks, to you. Jamie. Cheers, pal. Cheers, Huggy. Then I realize it's a wild